Listening Dog Media. The Hot Mess Mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the Hot Mess Mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our Hot Mess Mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Cherie. Hi, I'm Kelly Pegg. And I'm Cherie Murphy. And you're listening to the Hot Mess Moms Club podcast. Every week we're going to have a special guest with us. This week it is the lovely Mike Parr. So, you've been in Emmerdale for years, but you've recently left. Yeah, uh, five and a half years I did. Is that as long as you... How long were you there? Six. Six. Oh, she's beat you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what's really weird is, so every, every time somebody who's a little bit older comes up to me and goes, um, oh, you're, you're on Emmerdale Farm, and I was like, well, it hasn't been called that no. for, for a long, <laughs> no. long time. Um, but what they will always say to me is that you were the last character that like you must have oh. like when they got rid of you they must have lost so many viewers because so many people <laughs> will say to me that when, when your character died when really? in fact you, you came back as a, I can remember you coming back as a yes, ghost for a yeah. little bit which was, was so really weird. sweet with you and Marlon yeah. on, the, on the bench yeah um, but and yes, I think we were like lo- the first sort of soap to like do anything like that it was like bit, ghosty yeah. like yeah. Scrooge yeah. like yeah. <laughs> the ghost of Christmas past yeah. come up yeah. I think EastEnders did it like years later with Pat or Peggy I can't remember I right, think it was okay. Pat, yeah. Pat yeah, yeah. Well, that's nice that people still say that yeah and people so, still remember you because there's a lot of characters that like even my nan who watches it now if I say oh this character she's like oh I don't know which one you're on about but they'll remember you so oh, that's quite that's a... nice so did you stay in it as long as you planned to or you... longer, longer than I planned I planned I said when I got the job because uh, I was a bit like oh you know when I graduated from drama school I had that typical attitude of a British actor that, oh, I'm much better than soap. Oh, yes. Don't want to. I'm going to. I'm. Dis- I'm straight to the RSC, darling. <laughs> and then that was 2008. I graduated in, so all the money just got taken away from the arts, and there was no jobs. So it was like another six or seven years before I started getting jobs for soaps. So when it came up, I was like, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Spoke to one of my friends, and he said, "Do is it Catherine Kelly who was on Coronation yes. Street? Yeah, she like got in the cleaned up all the awards, got out, and went on to do loads of other things. Yeah, and one of my friends was like, do four, do four years, and then get out. And then on my fourth, fourth and a half, because I'd done six months and then four years, they said, oh, we'll we'll throw you this acid storyline. And I was like, yeah. oh, I really want to tell a story that's never been told. Yeah, and actually, in my fourth year, when I was, I went into them, and I was like, I think I'm ready to go. They said, well, what would make you stay? And there was nothing really. I didn't care about money. I, I wanted to be out playing a different part. So I, because I didn't want to just say, listen, there's nothing you could say that's going to, because I didn't want to be rude. No. I just said, um, if you can do a story that's never been done, I'll stay. Yeah. Thinking, ha, got you. Yeah. No <laughs> soap. Like, soaps have always done every storyline. And then he pitched that to me and I was like, yeah, that's quite a, nearly said hot topic then. And that's the wrong, <laughs> the rele- real, relevant real wrong topic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I went, I went for it. And then after that year, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Not, not through anything that was going on. I, lo- I loved working there and it was great. Probably the best thing that's ever happened to me, but I was just ready. Ready to. You know, don't you, when you're. Your storyline wasn't part. Was yours the plane? Yours wasn't the plane crash, was it? Yours, no, yours was the thunderstorm. Yeah. yeah. And I wasn't. I'd been offered another year um, to stay on. And I said at the time I was pre- heavily pregnant. Um, not heavily pregnant. I was pregnant with uh, my second. 
and my dad had just died suddenly and my life and my husband was moving from Leeds United to Liverpool so my mm-hmm. life was just all a massive whirlwind you know I had these massive emotions I was about to give birth I uh, my dad I just lost my dad suddenly died in his sleep it was like horrific oh my God. and I think you know what I did I should have gone into the bosses and said just give me some time out. I need mm-hmm. some time out. I need to yeah. figure out what I'm going to do with my home life, like my husband, my mum. I want to take care of my mum, everything. Um, and I didn't. I just said, I, I think I need to leave. I need to mm-hmm. leave at this moment. And I think they'd had this storyline planned. I think about six characters were actually going to get killed off. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, we've got a really good storyline. Steve Frost, the producer at the time, said, we're going to kill you off. And I was like, oh, okay. But I think I was just that... You know, my mind was just on everything else. I, so I didn't want to leave yeah. as such. I just want—I needed time out. Um, and then they just said, "We're going to kill you," and I just kind of didn't have the fight in me to say don't. Mm-hmm. So I just went along with it, and it was sad because I didn't—I really, loved my job, but it was a time of my life that I just needed to be at home with my family. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of like—I don't regret it because I think I've mm-hmm. done so many other things since. You know, it's been—you yeah. know—some of the people that I've met through bits of work that I would probably still be in Emmerdale now because mm-hmm. I loved it. I did love yeah, it yeah. there. Um, but no, I've done so many. So I don't regret it, but I loved playing Trisha. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a shame that she's not there. So I could have gone back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But she's not. She's well, you came back as a ghost. So maybe yeah. you could come yeah, back as, like as, an, as another. Twin or something. So you've left Emmerdale. What, what are you going to do now? So I left Emmerdale. I've had maybe four, four months off. I've been to LA. I went to LA to... Um, just check it out, see if I could actually live over there. I've got no friends. I've got a couple of friends, but like my best friends all live in London. So I was more like, am I just going to get lonely? I'm going to be away from family. Um, and I needed to get an agent and a manager. So I managed to bag a manager, luckily. And then I had so much fun out there that I was like, do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a year at least. And because I'm my mum's family are from Brooklyn, so I've got dual passports. Brilliant. Both passports, dual citizenship, sorry. I may as well. It just feel, it kind of feels like fate a little bit, but I've always had an American influence in my life, so I don't. It's always felt like that's where I'm supposed to kind yeah, of go, end go, up, go, end maybe, up anyway. Yeah. yeah, like you feel it in your gut, kind of thing. Yeah, and it was it was. I'm quite I'm quite um, I don't know what the word is um, ruthless with my career as well. You know, like I'm uh, nothing ambitious. was going to ambitious. Sorry, yeah. nothing was going to stop me if that's what what I made my mind up. But that's what I was going to do, and it's just fallen at the perfect perfect time. I've got no kids i've got not got a girlfriend i've got no family to, i don't have a mortgage oh, or single, anything like Kelly. that you can't be single what <laughs> the hell they are honestly the cue no, you yeah. want to be single you want to i, be I single. want to be single i've yeah. had a girlfriend pretty much since i was like 15 i've had more than one yeah like but i've had like three, <laughs> obviously three pretty significant relationships yeah. in my life that have taken up a lot of time which which have been amazing but it's just now is not the right time i don't want to get involved with anybody because I want to concentrate You're on really this. You're really focused, and, aren't you? Yeah, Isn't I'm it, get, I'm, I love it. I'm going yes. for it. Yeah, it's been a bit, I'm being a bit ruthless and a bit selfish. But no. I'm not being it. selfish because I'm not hurting anybody else. No, I but you think. can be. I mean, we we talk about this all the time. You can't be selfish once you're married with kids. They You've got a lot of first. other people to consider. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so if you're not ready for that, then yeah. uh-huh. I think that's brilliant. Yes. You know, so you, go for it. Did you, you had kids while you were at Emmerdale? Yeah, I had two. Right, okay. Um, and then and I found it really hard because mm-hmm. there, there was so little. And I, we, Harry's family from Australia, so we had none of his family. My family were from London. So we had no one around us, just us two. Uh-huh. I mean, Harry was 
like 21 when our son was born so young yeah, yeah. and I'm three years older so it was like a real challenge but we did it we managed to do it but you know when mm. you look back and you think I don't know how I did that like, I was working up like, full full-on days you know what it's like well I know I get tired when I'm in all all that I used to moan that when they'd done the acid storyline I had to come in an hour I mean you know what it's like an hour call for girls, half an hour for boys, you know, because they usually take a little bit less. But I was getting the hour call and I was moaning that I was coming in early, <laughs> looking at Charlie, who's been up for two hours, you know, yeah. had to get the boys to, yeah. to, to to school. And then Emma, who's all... And they're driving from Harrogate. And I lived on Kirkstall Road. Oh so I was like God. round the corner. <laughs> Nothing to moan about. Going, I've only had eight hours. I can't believe it. <laughs> Typical man, yeah, right, yeah. isn't it? Typical but man. But I'm a real grump when I, like... I'm okay with... You know, do you get hangry? Oh yeah, I have to. Yeah, eat. I do. Yeah, I yeah. But fellas are, do. yeah, oh, but fellas are worse, aren't they? Well, see, yeah. I don't get hungry because I can go for days without food. Really? Yeah, but it's sleep that I really can't. I can't mess. You'll with. be no good. As, I'm not being funny. I know that's, that's what I'm, I am now. like genuinely worried about becoming yeah. a dad. That I'm going to yeah, be looking you, at my kids. Yeah. You're going to have to put your shift well, in. Well, someone said feet. to me recently when I was moaning about my two and not sleeping, they said just get a sleep nanny which is the most the the opposite thing to what i'd ever dream of doing yeah they're only 300 quid a night just just get them into your house they get up with your kid and you can stay in bed who does that i did it did, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. what oh, kind no. of sick oh my god you did it. i no, feel I so did. bad saying you, that you know what? for 300 it. pounds a night no yeah. it wasn't 300 quid That's what someone it told wasn't me it was. wasn't 300 quid when i had um taylor and ruby so when sorry. i was in emmerdale <laughs> and it was no no it's, it's this is Who good um i didn't have any help i was literally me and harry were like zombies in the night and oh. i was like getting up trying Awful. to work blah 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 blah, blah. Mm. when i moved to cheshire um it was a whole different ball game i remember being heavily pregnant with matilda my third and one of the mums at the school gate said um oh do you have your night nurse lined up and i went a night nurse what's that i have no idea you know i have no idea about this someone comes in and looks after the baby i was like no way that sounds like the best idea ever uh-huh. but I, I was kind of a bit scared about it. anyway she passed me on a number and i said to harry shall we do it because i had two little ones and getting up in the night and it is the worst thing about being a new mum is yeah. those night feeds yeah mm-hmm. Anyway, and I said, but what if you breastfeed and all this? And they said, no, they wake you up. It's all done very well. You know, it's all very well organised. They, so I, thought, what's a, I thought that would defeat the purpose. Of, yeah, like... kind of, but not because you can express. So they can still give them the, you know, uh-huh. whatever. Yeah. So, you know, or they do wake you up, you feed, hand it straight back. Because it's the burping and that, isn't it? Yeah, well, you stay up with Getting them. the wind up, yeah. yeah, and trying to get them to settle again. That's the hard bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I got this number and I got the lady over and the first night that we did it once the baby was born I remember me and Harry like she was going right you go to bed so we got into bed and we were just like she could like literally be a serial killer and we don't know do you know what I mean yeah. and she came highly recommended obviously wouldn't let any stranger into the house it was the best money I'd ever uh-huh. spent ever and it wasn't 300 quid it wasn't that much how, many did, felt... how long did she do it for <laughs> I kept her on for about eight months eight seriously because i just got greedy then with my sleep because i'm like yeah. you i love my sleep yeah. i don't function properly if I, I haven't had a lot i'm of a sleep. zombie and i was being that bad mum you know when i was up grumpy grumpy mum yeah, and i just like thought yeah, yeah. i'm screaming at the kids and i don't know it's because i'm tired i think mm-hmm. my biggest concern is it that i would just lie awake anyway because well, i you hear do them first. and i'd worry i'd be no, like oh my god it was I've got the to go. best you get right into it let me tell you and that <laughs> sleep then and then i would take i would get up i'd be fresh for the other two i'd get them ready for school i'd come back from the school run You're and the baby would it. all be-, be ready the baby would be all ready 
washed and ready for the day. And I was like, right, I'm ready to take the day on. It honestly, and when I had another baby, I said to my friends, they were all saying, oh, do you know, what can we get you for the baby? You know, and I said, Mm -hmm. don't give me any, just give me some money because that, I would rather (laughs) that and then I can pay for the the nightmare. It's like a 10 year old, what do you want? Just give me money. (laughs) Give me money. (laughs) Honestly, it was the best money I ever spent. And I felt I got my life back. I turned into me again because I was sleeping. What everybody's bad at is though, because the last thing you usually do before you go to bed is putting your alarm on. So your eyes take in the blue light from the LED screen. So you might be asleep for half an hour, but you won't have actually dropped into your REM sleep for half an hour. Because so of that ne- light? Because of that light. So you. Ne- so what you want to do is when you wake up, is set your alarm, set your alarm and then not look at your phone just before you went so to sleep. So that's my thing. I, I need to sort of put the phone on the other side of the room because I'm terrible for that. I'm you take start- it to bed with you. Yeah. I'm no. starting to get like arthritis in my fingers. Oh my God, no. I don't my thumbs hurt. Like yeah. I can be on my phone for so long. You know, you can look at the battery life on it. It'll tell you what time you've spent. Yeah. On it yeah. Comes 13 hours I'd done on Instagram in a week. And I was like, oh my God, that's a day. It's I could have been sleeping. I'd hate to. I'd hate to look at what mine is. You don't get that time back, though. I have a real issue with social media. I'm a lover and a hater of it at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I can be on there for one week and really love doing it. And then... The next week, I just think, I hate this. I absolutely yeah. hate that I'm living my life and I hate that I go on it. The first thing I do when I get up in the morning is come downstairs and look at it. Yeah. I, I think we're not living our lives because we're looking at that. And then it, it's I like know, 50, and it's, it is sad, but I think it's the way of the world, isn't it? Yeah. It's changed. It's not, changed. And I don't think it's going to go back. No, no, and I don't think you should beat yourself up about it. I try not to think about that. Mm-hmm. Am I wasting my time? Most things are online now. Yeah. And it is the way of the world. Yeah. And I think we're just going to have to go with it. My daughter's five and she's into YouTube. It's partly my fault that I let her do it, but she loves all these little girl videos they do. Mm-hmm. They kids do. play, watching yeah. kids play. Love so it. weird. And she it? does all the voices to it and everything. And the other day, she had to do a video for her school homework, facts about penguins. So I was standing there filming it. I was like, right, first fact is that they live in the southern hemisphere. So I'm mouthing it to her before I record it. She's just got to repeat it back. And she starts the video with, hi guys, so on my channel today, <laughs> we're talking penguins. And I went, no Ava, this is homework, <laughs> not YouTube. <laughs> and that's how it's got with her. And I'm like, I'm a bad mum, I'm a bad mum, because no. let I let her on there. And but you're not, because all kids are doing it, you know, yeah. so you're not no. a bad that's, mum. That's the real problem, I think, is that, I mean, I've got younger sisters, um, uh, Cecilia, who's eight, she's on the verge of saying, like, I want my own phone. Oh, God. But you can say to them, no, you're not having it until everybody else in the class gets one. Yeah. And then you're like, well, the odd you're getting one left out. out now. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's... I know, it's that, that yeah. bullying, because that was with our son. He wanted a phone, and I said, not allowed a phone until you go to high school. So when he finally got the phone, and Harry said, he's not having an iPhone. He said, people work all week you know, in proper jobs. Mm. We're not just handing him an iPhone. Yeah, that yeah. is outrageous. He said, you can have my old phone, which was a Nokia mm-hmm. that you could frigging play Snake on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but Taylor was over the moon. He couldn't believe he'd got a phone. Mm-hmm. So he gets on the school bus and then whips out his phone. He got absolutely Hammered. ripped. Yeah, having yeah. A ship. Sorry, can I swear? Yeah, we can swear. <laughs> hey, we're not on the radio. Yeah. This is our podcast. Yeah, he got, he got such, you know, stick yeah. for having a shit phone. That oh. in the end, he didn't even want to get his phone out. Mm. And then oh. it was like bullying. It was like, your dad's a footballer, your mum's on the telly and you've got a crap phone. Oh, and he was so embarrassed. Is. So it's that fine line of giving them that, you know, what everyone else has got, yeah. but also trying to teach them morals and, you know, that people have to work for this and you can't, it's like a thousand pound phone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it, I, I always struggle with that. 
Yeah. My son, he's going to be, he's finishing his A-levels this year mm-hmm. and he wants to go to London, he wants to be an actor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's auditioning for drama schools. And how, how old is he? 17. So he'll be 18 in May. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to go down. My mum lives in London. So I said, you can go and live. I'd rather him go and live with my mum. She yeah. lives in North London, in Islington. Nice. So he's like very central. But I said, you're going to have to get a job and you're mm-hmm. going to have to pay keep to your nan, you know, because that yeah, yeah. that's what I had to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, you can't expect me and your dad to... F- fund this lifestyle you're gonna to have to go and work yeah, yeah and he's like yeah he can't wait mm-hmm. he like cannot wait to get out there and just be in the mix of it all do you know what i mean yeah yeah but i think it's important like i could pay for an apartment for him or uh-huh. do this but i'm just absolutely my husband's like absolutely not if he wants to do this he's got to want to do it and he's yeah, got yeah. to strive himself you appreciate things more though i think when it's not given to you like we were joking earlier before mike arrived saying we've scraped our way through life to get where we've got and i think that when you fight for stuff and it isn't handed in your lap all the time mm-hmm. you just appreciate every job Absolutely. you get every opportunity you get every nice person you meet in yeah. your life yeah. all, the, all that stuff yeah. it means so much more than somebody when you're 12 giving you loads of money and just spoiling you your whole life yeah. and you never have to work for anything you don't you, know how to do it you get it. used to things that's one what was one of my main worries about leaving Emmerdale was I'd never had that kind of money before and it's not millions no it's, it's not, not even hundreds of thousands no, people people not. seem somebody asked me once if I made as much as Wayne Rooney and I was like, he's on three hundred thousand pounds a week. <laughs> I was like, I wouldn't earn that in you know in three years. No, no. Are you hoarders or are you are you? No. If I've paid a lot of money for something, I'm a bad with clothes and shoes and bags, which I've probably spent most of my wages in my life on. <laughs> um, so I won't throw things like that away. I'm ruthless with everything else. Right. I okay. Will just chuck. And my mum goes nuts. She says, "You can't be throwing that away. Well, do you want it?" If you don't, it's going. Like, I'll give it to a charity shop or something or give it to someone. But I am ruthless. I I think it's men that hoard. No, my husband's got OCD. He's like literally everything he needs. And his wardrobes are bare because he just chucks everything out all the time. Right, okay. Chris keeps everything from, in his pockets, he carries these little worry people. Have you ever heard of them? Oh, yes, I have. Yeah, he's got them. He's had them years. They're like, they're supposed to stop you from worrying. Is it voodoo? I don't know what it is. Something weird and and crappy. But he can't let go. (laughs) And he has all this crap all the time. Like Dennis the Menace doorstopper that he's now put in my son's nursery, which I wish was. That's quite there. cute, though. Oh, rubbish. No? Like, with this room we're in now, take a look around. It's just a dump. It's all his... Look at that telephone up there. That's from the 1920s. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. back in fashion, though. But this morning, I got totally caught because I dump everything, including... Um, Ava Lily's drawings and paintings. Oh, I do that. So I keep the special ones, the ones that look nice. Same. And then the ones that look like she's done it with a blindfold on, I put in the bin. And yesterday I put all these papers in the recycling bin, which is under the sink. And this morning I had a lion. At 8 a.m. she came up, presented them, just put them on the bed and went, Mummy, who put these in the bin? And Daddy says it wasn't him. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, did I put them there? What a mistake I made. I'm so sorry. Trying to lie my way out of it. So, um, yeah, I'm an OCD. I like everything empty. So it's, uh, it's exciting know. times for you, though. Yeah, big yeah. style. You know, a, yeah. a brand yeah. new start. Um, going out, I mean, to LA, I'd love to go over there. Yes, it's yeah. amazing. It's Ooh, some sunshine of the, all the time as well. That's some I'm of the thinking. thing, it just works so differently out, out there. That the, You know, over here, I feel like in the industry, there's one, once, you, once you do over like maybe three years in a soap, Casting directors, agents start to go, and they give you that patronising head tilt, and they're like, "Mm, "But you did, you were on Emmerdale for quite a while, you know." Because they're like, 
oh, well, everybody's just going to know you as the character that you've played for the last four years. But over there, they're like, you've they done 750 it. episodes. Wow, you must have so much experience. This is amazing. And you can use it as a marketing tool to sell yourself. And because they're not shy and they love self-promotion, so I've, awards that I've had over here, I couldn't imagine going into a casting director and go, actually, I was voted a sexiest male <laughs> sponsored by Iceland in 2014. <laughs> but they love it. Like yeah, you, can, you can say like I've won, I've, I won best actor, I won best newcomer, and like you can you know kind of use it as a tool. But over here, you've got to be quite humble. I was in LA. Me and my friends had gone traveling around California. We ended in LA, and I spoke to my agent. And he was like, "I'm going to set you up a meeting." Got me a meeting with this lady, and she cast Band of Brothers, which was my favorite show ever. Mm-hmm. So I'm in there, and on my CV, and I haven't figured out that you know I've got to be. Mr. Confident and brash and, you know, tell them I'm the best actor they're going to see. So when she's going through my um, my uh, CV, she goes, oh, oh, your agent's told me a lot about you. And she was like, well, you went awards due recently. And I said, yeah, the day before I flew to California, actually, like I, I was at an awards due. And she said, oh, you won quite a lot. And she went, oh, so you won best actor. And I was like, uh, yeah, um, you know, I've had a really great year on the show this year. Um, oh, you won Best Bad Boy. And I was like, well, my character is uh, is the villain, if you will. And you won Best On-Screen Partnership. And I said, yeah, I work with a girl called Charlie Webb and I've basically carried her all, all year. <laughs> now, I'm joking, Charlie, if you, ever, if you ever hear this. No, I say me and Charlie have got great on-screen chemistry and, you know, and she's amazing to work with. And then I just watched her face and she made this little noise and she went, hmm. And I knew what the next oh. award said. And it just said, you won Sexiest Male. And I just went, yeah. In the UK, I'm kind of attractive, I guess. <laughs> but it was just that, like, face and, like, the shock. Huh? You? Oh, my you goodness. You ugly no. Yeah, so I, was getting told, I got told I was too white because it's not a very popular time to be white over there. You know, there's oh a lot of... Oh, my word. What the... Not, not the Me Too movement, but there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of inclusion. You know, like, the, yeah. they're saying it's, it's not diverse enough in Hollywood. It's been whitewashed. So when I was coming over there, I just like to see more gay actors in Hollywood. That would make me yeah. happy. I think I think, I think there are a lot. I think they're just not not out not because out. they can't be. I think that's yeah. a huge shame. But I think it that's it, another it's topic. Such, it's such a weird yeah weird. I think you're more than attractive enough. Yeah, God. no, but not over there. Nonsense. Like if you, if you go up against your Tom Hardys and your Killian Murphys, I'm not in that. I'm not in like, the Tom. I'm are. not in the Tom no Hardy way. camp. I think yes, you're better you than are. him. Over there, they're, they're so like honest with you. I'm just like, I know this. They're God. gonna, ha- they're gonna have you this. You do have to be me. good looking, don't you? Oh, I got You'll told when I no, I got told when I was out there. They were like, you're not like an eight, but you're not a four either. <gasps> and oh I was like, God. I'm a six. That's bullshit. I'm a six out of ten. I was like, in the UK, You're I'm an eight and a half, all right. <laughs> it's been so nice having you here, Mike Park. Yes, I'm gonna thank have to you. Wrap it now. Callum's no going to go mad. He's thinking, how much of this have I got to edit? I know. Thank you so much and all yes. the best. Oh, thank you. For, yeah. I was really excited about coming along. Oh, so thank it's you very lovely much. to have Cheers. you on. And we know you'll smash it in LA and keep in touch. Yeah, don't forget us when you become really famous. No, that's like, the really, first really thing famous. I want to do is get like so famous. I can just be like, who? Who the hell are you? Yeah. I remember you. I was about to say, we could come over and do a podcast over there, couldn't we? Yeah, definitely. The beach podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Our hot mess mums telling it like it is. Kelly and Cherie. And a big thank you to the lovely Mike Parr who's been with us this week on the Hot Mess Mums Club podcast. He's off to LA, so we wish him the best of luck. And Cherie, don't tell Harry, I won't tell Chris, but I'm about to book some tickets. We're going to go over and lodge with him in Hollywood for a little bit. Fancy it? Yes, I'll be there. I'll be there. Next week, we've got the lovely Sarah Byrne on from The Apprentice. 
so really looking forward to catching up with her. Yeah, she's my fave. Yeah, she was brilliant. Went too soon for my liking. Yes. Anyway, guys, we'll see you next week. <laughs>